Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me today. All right, so my motivational quote today is by Joshua Loth Liebman, and it says, We achieve inner health only through forgiveness. The forgiveness not only of others, but also of ourselves. Forgiveness and gratitude. You know, we hear that, those two words, so much. Do you think that these two little words can be impactful to your daily life? What if I asked you if forgiveness and gratitude were essential to living a happy life? Would you even believe me? What, does, what do they mean to you? And I think more importantly, do you think they're important words to understand and implement into your actual daily life? Can they be the most essential ingredients for a happy life filled with meaning? You know, it's good to talk about this topic, especially as the new year dawns, right? We just entered 2017. Well, Dr. Lester Savage has answered these questions in his book, Opening Hearts, A Cardiovascular Surgeon Reflects on Faith, Healing, Love, and the Meaning of Life. Last time, we were very lucky to have my guest um, who's on as well today is Barbara Mulvey-Little, and she was on, and we spent our time talking about Dr. Savage's five cardinal rules for healthy living, which are part of the way he suggests we make conscious and loving choices. Well, today, we're actually going to dig a little bit deeper and discuss some of the spiritual aspects of the five cardinal rules for healthy living. So please help me welcome for the second time on our show, uh, Barbara Little. So Barbara, thank you again so much for being on. Oh, I can honestly say it's a joy to be with you again, John, Connie. Yeah, it's, we, we do, have, we do um, think very similarly, and I think that makes for a good show um, as well. Now, last time, uh, before our last show, well, at the end of our last show, I guess, after taping it, we thought that since 2017 was kind of looming, and now we're actually in the throes, that we should <laughs> investigate this concept of forgiveness, you know, gratitude, um, so that we mm-hmm. can all create this happy life. And what a great time of year, I think, to start putting those intentions and those pieces of our puzzle into place at the beginning of of yet a new year. So I'm really excited about this topic and about digging a little bit deeper from our last conversation. Great. Me too. Yeah. And again, I think it's very timely. So can you tell us what Dr. Savage meant by consciously choosing love and why it matters to our health and happiness? Yes, uh, what he meant, uh, health is a matter of choice, and to choose love, we have to become more aware. It means taking care of ourselves properly with what we choose to eat and um, how stressful our lives are. We have to choose exercise and better health and all that. And and so we have to become, the, the key um, in making good choices is awareness. Because if we are unaware, then we think all food is the same, but it's not. All exercise is the same, but it's not. And, and so it's a matter of loving ourselves. Um, and I know a lot of people have trouble with that word, but I, I use it a lot because it makes so much sense to me. How we act toward ourselves and others shows that we are grateful for the gift of life that we've been given. 
Now, happiness comes from good relationships that we are making because we're making that we have good relationships when we make healthy choices, when we can love ourselves properly, and when uh, it allows us then to love other people. Because happiness is, is not an end in itself to be sought. It's a byproduct of our action-oriented love of ourselves and of others, and ex- expressed in such things as forgiveness, generosity, and gratefulness and service. And so um, we have to make conscious choices to do good things for ourselves and for others. You know, and it's interesting because think about yourself. I think you're right that people have a hard time when you say love yourself. Um, We put ourselves last oftentimes for our family or for others, right? We let people take advantage to us. You know, some let people take advantage. Mm -hmm. Think about when someone gives you a compliment, right? Oh, your hair looks so nice today. Um, the response is, oh, you're kidding me. I need a haircut. Instead of just saying, oh, thanks, thanks. That way you made my day. We immediately turn and put ourselves down. And I, I bet that could resonate with a lot of people that are listening. We do it frequently. Why, why, I, I, I'll ask you, why do you think that we choose to put ourselves down versus loving ourselves and thinking that even my imperfections make me perfect, right? That kind of that right. kind of thinking. You know, we I think we do it out of a sense of not being worthy enough in mm-hmm. one way or another. Out of, we do it out of fear that we're not good enough. Sometimes um, we do it out of resentment. We judge ourselves very negatively. I think many people judge themselves negatively. And um, those negative thought patterns are really, it's a habit, you know, Um, and and it's why becoming more aware of the kinds of habits, not just the habits of what we do, but the habits of thought, the habit that allows us to go, when someone says, oh, your hair looks really nice, go, oh, think, uh, instead of saying thank you, I need a haircut, I have really, really curly hair, and it's something that it was really hard for me to get used to, because I, when I, I was a, a teenager in the 70s when straight hair was all the rage and my hair, uh, any rainy day and my hair will curl up like, and, and I'm talking corkscrew curls and it took me a long time to get used to that and I've had so many people compliment me on my hair and for years I would say oh, oh, oh I wish it was straight or oh I wish this or oh I hate it and, and I started to realize it was it, it was more of how I saw myself that made me say those things than appreciating my hair. I see the curly hair on my granddaughters now, and I think, oh, that is so adorable. And and actually, I like my curly hair now. I've grown it longer than I've had it in years, and it's curling all over the place. And there's some days when it's such a mess, I tie it back, and I just let it go. And if people compliment me now, I say thank you because I've finally gotten to a place where I'm comfortable with who I am, and I appreciate those, even the things that are not so great about me, like the days when the rain really makes it go wild, and it's like, well, just what it is. You know, it's a conscious choice. It's a habit. It is. It's a habit, and it's funny. I'm I'm co-authoring a book with uh, two partners that I have a business with, and we're, we're talking about attitude and belief systems, and the 
um, thoughts, right? Our thoughts become reality, right? So our thoughts, we have 80% of our thoughts every day are negative. And it comes out to be like 4,600 thoughts or something that are negative, right? Wow. And, and I know when I, when I did the research, I'm like, holy moly. And then it, to take that even further, the 80% of our thoughts are negative. 93% of our thoughts every day are recurring thoughts from the previous day. So think how embedded our executive thoughts are that we just keep playing that record player or the kids keep it and repeat on their iPods or whatever. But it's that recurring recording of the same old, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, my hair looks terrible, I have curly hair. You know, it's all of those <laughs> negative patterns. It's really kind of tragic that we're taught I think from when we're children not to brag and, and you know to be humble and I think with that we learn how to put ourselves down you know before somebody else could put us down it's kind of sad right and and I like what you bad. said I, I think fear is a big I think that's a big motivator for most of us that fear of being found out, right? Fear of what if they realize I don't know what I'm talking about, or right. fear, right? Fear of I'm not worthy of the love or the recognition or whatever it is. So, um, fear is a tough one to to overcome. Do, do you have any insight specifically with, you know, the fear factor and how we can kind of talk it down, talk ourselves off the ledge? Well, I, I think fear is what's been running our country for the last what, 15 or so or more yeah. years, ever since 9-11, I think our country has created um, such, uh, such fear. And, and it goes back to that, all those thinking patterns. You know, when, when we are afraid, it causes us to believe different things about people than we otherwise might believe. And um, we, that fear causes us to, um, to block out the goodness that surrounds us. And, you know, one of, one of the things, how do we remedy our fears? Well, it, awareness is one. When I started to recognize that, and this is a simple little thing, that my deflection of compliments about my curly hair had more to do with how I felt about myself than any reality about how my hair looked. Mm -hmm. um, when I got that awareness, I was able to then work on changing my thoughts about who I was rather than how my hair looked. Yep. And, and, and so, you know, awareness is the most important thing. There is this great book titled awareness that the very first time I read it I got mad because I thought oh he's you know that the author was saying I had the power to change so many things in my life that I felt victimized by and I read it I read the book again probably almost a decade later and and I was so chagrined I went, oh my gosh it's so true I mm -hmm. do have this power I do and once I started to become more aware like you know if we were aware that our reactions after 9-11 had more to do with grief mm -hmm. than they had to do with anything else we as a country were so um, disdainful of moving through grief that we chose power instead and look at the consequences of that choice over the last 15 years and and so if you when you have awareness 
you can see that your choices made in fear or resentment or anger have consequences and you can choose then do I want those consequences in my life or should I move differently to have a different result and that's where the forgiveness I think and gratitude come in right so that if I'm able to look at the situation almost remove myself from it right look at it as, as, as if I'm watching a movie let's say and think you know, okay, they're bad people after 9-11, et cetera. So let me forgive those, right? That's, I think that's part of Absolutely. also the grieving process, right? Yeah. And being grateful that our nation did come together and all of the, um, you know, firefighters and police and, you know, how they rallied right. and dug and, you know, you're right. And, and fear, fear is a powerful motivator, good or bad. It's, it's real, I think, for, for most of us. So, uh, you know, I, forgive. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, that's all right. I believe there are only two emotions. I believe there is love and there is fear. And everything else is a subset of that. And so you're either, I, I don't think it's love and hate. I don't think hate is the opposite of love. I think fear is the mm. opposite of love because fear is a lack of trust in the goodness of a creator, if you believe in a creator, or the universe, if you don't believe in a creator. Um, I do happen to believe in a creator. I, be, I call that creator God. Mm -hmm. um, I, but as I've studied other religions and other philosophies and things like that, I realize it's all a bunch of words. Um, we cannot really fathom the nature of the universe, of um, of an intelligent creator being or anything else. And so we have all of these things. And then we separate ourselves from each other by calling it different and, and, and moving that way. And then, so um, I didn't want to go off on that tangent, but, uh, but it's fear and, and love. And so if you're acting out of love, you're trusting your relationship with the other person. You're trusting your relationship with humanity, with your community, with your family, and all of that. And, but if you're acting out of fear, you don't trust any of that. And, and so you have to protect yourself. You have to do something either powerful or defensive or whatever before you get hurt again. And, and so that's why I think there are only two. I, it's not funny. That makes perfect sense to me because I do think love, I, you know, from the fairy tales, right? Love conquers all. Love's true kit, like um, Sleeping Beauty, what right. wakes her up. It's true love's kiss and all of that. Um, so love is truly powerful and there's all goodness in love, right? It's not, it's... Um, it's authentic, it's genuine, it's real, it's intense, um, but all goodness. And then you have fear, which debilitates us on the flip side. So to me, I, I kind of agree with what you just said. Um, it's not love and hate, it's love and fear. I love that. When we come back, uh, we'll take a quick break, but when we come back, Barb, I want it, this is great. So people are going, okay, so I have love and fear. Well, what the heck do I do with them? Like, how do I manage, how do I manage that fear? So you know me, I love to give those how-tos. So how can we manage that, those fears? Let's talk about that when we come back, all right? Okay. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. 
Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with Barbara Mulvey-Little. And we're talking about a book that she helped write. Really, it's a bio- I think it's more of a biography, right, of Dr. Lester Savage and his... It, it, well, yep. Go ahead, I'm it sorry. Is. Oh, it's a biography and, and, and his wisdom. Basically. And his wisdom, yeah. And, and from, from being that surgeon, right, being in the, the scientific yeah. world, but how he learned that our minds and, and love um, can heal. So um, that's mm-hmm. kind of where this topic, If you, and it, it, I do highly recommend guys go back and listen to our first show. Um, it posted uh, just a few weeks ago, and Barbara and I talked about the, the book itself, and now we're kind of drilling into the concepts and how to uh, remedy and apply and, and so that we can have a great 2017. That's kind of our focus today. So, you know, we talk about love and fear, agree 100%. What's the steps that we can do to manage or to help us manage the fear, really? Well, um, Dr. Savage put together a fairly simple four-step spiritual action plan. It sounds really simple. Um, the key is it takes discipline, and eventually with that discipline, you come to the kind of awareness that you need. So I'll read off the steps of the four-step action plan, and then I'm going to give you some information about a particular form of, of prayer that uh, both Dr. Savage and I have used and can recommend. Okay. Uh, called the examine. It's part of the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius, and, and the, the reality is, is discipline in choosing to become aware is really what fuels anything. And you can use any kind of spiritual practice you want. Um, and there are many, many out there. The Buddhists have wonderful spiritual practices. The, or every religion has their own set of spiritual practices, but the key is the desire. It's, cho- it, it's a part of choosing love for yourself and then the discipline to stick with it because that's the only way you get to the awareness you need. Sure. So the four-step spiritual action plan is one. Visit frequently with God, otherwise known as prayer. Two, embrace and live each day to the fullest, because each day is a gift. And um, we waste those gifts. In fact, I wasted yesterday, unfortunately. Uh, Three, cultivate gratitude and radical forgiveness. Those are really, really important. And then once you've done that, the fourth one will come naturally serve God by serving humanity Mm. and uh, because we are we are by nature a group oriented kind of people and we actually get joy when we help somebody else and uh, 
So the way to do that is there, there's this one, pre- the, the spiritual exercises, are some. St. Ignatius was a Jesuit priest, the first Jesuit priest, way back in, I don't know, 14, 1600, somewhere like that. And he came up with this idea that every day, twice a day, we need to examine what we are doing in our day and see where God has bumped up against us. And again, if you don't believe in a personal God, you know, you can think of your higher nature or, um, you know, something like that. So uh, the examine is, it can be very complicated or it can be really simple. And we use the very simple form. And the simple form is um, a set of prayers that you use, and, and you use your imagination while you're praying. You go through your day and, and think through things, and it basically is thank you, help me, I love you. Um, these are the aspects of the prayer, and I'll go into I'm sorry and be with me. And so when you thank the Creator, you're thanking Him for all the things that are good in your life, and all, even the things that aren't good. And so you list all the things for which you're grateful for in this moment and throughout the day. And then the next step is, help me. And I, I really like this one. I, the little prayer that we started is, Lord, I believe you work through and in time to reveal me to myself. Please give me an increased awareness for how you are guiding and shaping my life. Help me develop a more sensitive awareness to the obstacles I put in your way. Lord, let me see my life as you see it without the self-deception I use mm-hmm. to either evade the wonders or failings of my true self. Mm-hmm. And then in that one, you reflect on the thoughts, the actions, the beliefs that you have and the ways they connect or disconnect you from love. Okay. And uh, That's a good one. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and, and since you're only taking a day at a time, you really get to see how your actions connect to your thoughts and your behaviors. And um, the next one is, I love you. And it's, you know, re- telling the creator that um, you are in relationship together. And so um, you look over the events that happen and the feelings that you experience and ask where God was calling you and how you responded. So where was God present in what happened to you or around you? Reflect on the emotions you felt today, both positive and challenging, and see where God was in all of that, both the good stuff and the challenging stuff, because sometimes we get mad at people. Where was God in that, or was God there at all? And what did God ask of you today, and how did you respond? And the next one is, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you look at what, what you were asked to do in this one day, or even a half a day, if you do it like the Jesuits and do it twice a day, um, you usually see that, yeah, you kind of came up short a little bit sometimes. Sometimes you did really well. And then, you know, when you become aware of the places you do really well, then you can do those things more easily again. Uh, So the next one is, I'm sorry. And uh, gracious God, I ask your loving forgiveness and healing. The particular event of this day I most want healed is, and then you name the instance that reveals a way that you neglected to love yourself or another person with the all-encompassing love God has for you, and then you claim in that moment forgiveness for that. 
And as you feel that forgiveness, it makes it easier to forgive other people because you begin to see your actions in the actions of other people. And then if you're accepting forgiveness, then the natural step then is to forgive someone else because the assumption is that that person didn't intentionally mean to do whatever it was that hurt you. And then the last part of this prayer is be with me. Holy Spirit, I'm filled with a hope and a firm belief in your love and power. I entrust myself to your care and strongly affirm. And then you claim in that day the gift you most desire, need, or believe that God desires for you. And uh, if you were to do that every day, that creates the awareness that you have that connects your actions and your thoughts to the behaviors and the consequences that happen in your life. You know, five simple steps, actually not so simple in reality because it, it's the discipline, you know, of, of practicing it and then, you know, it gets easier, I would think, over time to do those steps, you know, of, of thank you, help me, I love you, I'm sorry, be, be with me. Um, and I also, and I don't know if this is true or not, I'm just going to use my own perspective here, but when I was a kid, I remember you know, if something bad happens, it was, oh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me, right? It was very, um, mm -hmm. I think when we're young, we're very uh, egotistical, more egotistical, you know, and then as for me, again, this is my perspective. I'm not saying that, you know, people in their 20s or 30s are egotistical. They could be much more enlightened than I am, than I was <laughs> at that age, clearly, because again, my perspective, everybody, I'm not offending anyone here, but um, as I'm aging and you have children and, you know, you see what people go through. You know, my mom used to always say, it's an old saying, walk in my shoes before you judge me. And I'll tell you, I use that a lot because, you know, you think, oh my God, what a jerk, you know, at a, at a food store or something, someone is nasty or right. they cut you in line or whatever. And I always stop and I think, I don't know what just happened in their life or what phone call they just got or why they're rushing at this right. moment. So why am I judging them? They need to clearly be ahead of me, so go ahead of me. Same thing when you're right. driving. You know, people cutting right. off and you think, you saved the whole nanosecond. Like, was it worth, you know, almost causing an accident? But, you know, did they just get a phone call that someone got injured and they're trying desperately to get there? I don't know that. So, again, you know, walk in my shoes till you judge me. I've used that. Um, good advice, I thought. I think, from my mom that I really, yeah. really try to step out of that. But when I was a kid, you know, you're all, I was full of vim and vigor going, I'm going to kill them. How dare they cut me off and, <laughs> you know, drive like a lunatic. Like, why? Why? Now I'm older, you kind of lose the stamina to do that. So that's my own perspective. But as I get older, I think that I like these steps, though, Barb, because it's it's a nice tool for us to practice daily to make it the discipline and then at some point you do it without thinking and all of a sudden those 80% of negative thoughts were really controlling to a, such a wonderful extent that we're creating those negative thoughts into happier thoughts or better thoughts or more productive thoughts and or kinder thoughts or thoughts of love, whatever it is. Um, so I love that. That was awesome. Well, and I think, you know, what you just explained, I think, is showing the power of habit. As you created a habit of being open to someone else's perspective, you began to let go of the control of how the situation was going to work out. But I think as, as we age, we do develop, hopefully, some of those habits that cause us 
to be other centered a little bit more, um, not so focused on our own needs. And, and I think we learn forgiveness because, and, and if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to read this little poem that I wrote many, many years ago on forgiveness. And I wrote it after, actually after I got fired from my job. Oh. I got fired. Yeah, I got, and it was a very unjust firing, and and it was at a period of time when I was really, you know, I'd I'd finished um, my training as a spiritual director, and so, you know, how do I how do I put this unjust treatment into perspective? And I was working on that and working on that, and I I wrote this poem one morning after a, a very productive prayer time, and. Uh, and it helped me. I, I used it for myself as I was trying to forgive these people that had treated me very unfairly. And so it's, the poem is called Forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiveness is an act of the will, an act of self-love in response to anger born of injustice and hurt. Anger disperses its all-consuming poison, spreading like a cancer of the soul, devouring every particle of love and hope. A survival skill, this act of will, forgiveness is not at first felt. It is practiced. It is deliberate. It is difficult. It is work. Slowly, forgiveness heals the wound, injustice and hurt wither in the piercing light of acknowledgement. Anger dissipates. A scar forms. Life slowly takes on the beauty it once held. The eyes see and the heart embraces the strength that grew, the love that survived. Pain gives way to understanding. Forgiveness is finally felt. Barb, it's beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is possible or if I'm asking too much, so you could tell me, Connie, I can't do that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I know that you are, are kind enough that you have some posts that you're putting on um, up for the listeners. If they listen to the show, you're going to have a little bit more information. Do you mind uh -huh. publishing that, that poem? Is that too much oh, to no. ask? No, and I, I don't, you know, people can spread it around. I'd appreciate it if my name stays with it, but if it doesn't, sure. oh, well, you know. Um, it, it, was, it Like I said, it came through me after some prayer time, so I think it was a message that wasn't meant just for me. Sure. And, and it comforted me. I, I realized that I could stay angry and I could resent these people, and it would be like a cancer. And and in fact, I think, you know, our thoughts, and, I, and please don't misunderstand, I'm not saying that people who have cancer have created it, but, but I think no. that we can make ourselves ill if we hold on to resentment. And, and I think as a country, if you look at us as a country, we are a very, very ill country right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of the reason is that we have focused on resentment. We have focused on retribution instead of forgiveness. And I don't think it's going to happen on a global scale until it happens on a personal scale. Yeah, we can move the world one person at a time. We just have to believe and change ourselves. I agree with that. You know, it's um it's sad because at the um what was that play? Hamilton? Am I saying that right? I think it was called Hamilton, the play on, on Broadway um, uh -huh. in New York. And uh, Vice President-elect uh, Pence was there, I think with his son. And, you know, the, the lead actor in the, the show, you know, was very verbal and derogatory towards 
um, you know, Vice President-elect Pence. And wow. I think he, I think he, it was tragic because, you know, yes, right, that freedom of speech and all of that, but people, he went to support you, and you in turn after the election, you know, felt it's okay to uh, be derogatory and attack this man personally, which I think is tragic. And I loved his response, whether you're, you know, a Democrat, Republican, doesn't really matter, but I thought his response was wonderful to his son. And he put, and that's freedom. That's, that's what we strive for, right? That's, that's freedom at work. And that's really the truth. So I thought his response was very gracious and kind. And yet I think that we think because we have freedom of speech that we can we should be able to say what we want, right? That's freedom. That's what that's what our country uh, is founded on. But the tragedy is that that doesn't give you the right to put someone else down and, and that attack an individual because his belief is different than yours. See, to me, I think that's taking that freedom of speech to the wrong level, you know. So I, I do agree with you. I think we're a resentful country, and I but I do believe also uh, you're correct that we, Barb, we can change that one person at a we time. Can. And and I love. I, I I hope we're out of time, but I hope everybody. Um, buys the book Opening Hearts A Cardiovascular Surgeon Reflects on Faith, Healing, Love and the Meaning of Life and, and Barbara wrote that for Dr. Lester Savage at the end of his life um, where he kind of, it's almost like a little mini documentary of everything he learned as a surgeon from that that uh, scientific side, right, that surgical side, and what he learned about the mind, body, spirit in conjunction um, with what he could do as a surgeon to heal people. Now, the, the poem and the little uh, blog post, how can they connect with that, Barb? Uh, is that it? Go ahead, tell me. Well, the... Those are on um, my blog site because I haven't figured out quite how to put that on the... I, I do have Better Life Press is the publishing company, and I'll figure out how to get it on there as well. But the simplest way for people to get that from your show would be to go to barbaramalvylittle.com, and that's M-U-L-V, as in Victor E-Y, barbaramalvylittle.com, and I ha- I maintain a blog post. I usually do a, um, a novena for peace, and I think I'll do it this year, it, which is nine days of prayer for peace. I think I'll do it so that it ends on Inauguration Day because cool. people are still a little freaked out about that. I usually do it every year. I've been doing it every year since 9-11 because I've really, I really believe that if we want peace in the world, we have to have peace in our hearts, which comes back around again to a conscious choice yeah. not to give in to fear. Yeah, right. It's it's really true. And thank you for the four steps. Um, visit with God frequently, praying, mantras, um, whatever, right. right? It doesn't have to be yeah. our Father, you know, heart in heaven. Uh, so whatever that means to you, embrace <laughs> and, right, and my Catholic upbringing there. Uh, embrace <laughs> and live every day to its fullest. Uh, gratitude and radical forgiveness and serve God by serving humanity. I think that's a big one as well. And then you went through the, um, the five steps of imagine uh, the prayer, imagining it by saying thank you, yeah. Yeah. Um, help me, I love it, I love you, I'm sorry, and be with me. So again, guys, I hope you wrote the, that down and kind of maybe use that as a foundation um, to build from, of course, by the book. And follow Barbara. Uh, the blog posts, I think, are just another layer of cool information for us to continue to figure out what works for us so that we can kind of put fear at bay and get control um, of our thoughts because our thoughts really do uh, become reality. So 
go to BarbaraMulveyLittle.com. Don't worry. I promise I will put that website for you to be able to access the blog post. And also, um, info at BetterLifePress.com. Uh, Barb, that's your email address directly that they can yes. reach you if they like? Yes. Awesome. Yes, they can. Awesome. And guys, don't forget, email me directly again to my personal email, which I respond. I don't hire people to do that for me. It's Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. You know, I really do uh, look forward to hearing your stories or something that resonated with you or if I could be of help to you uh, personally or within your organization, um, definitely reach out to me. I'm, I truly am an email away. Um, again, don't forget, I'll put the website and Barb's email address on the Web Talk Radio Architect of Change platform. Barb, thank you again for, you know, kicking off the new year with just such a dynamic and informative and I think uh, a much needed and helpful topic. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Connie. And, and I do Happy wish you, yes, yeah, same too. I was going to say, I wish you were a healthy and just uh, an awesome 2017. And, you know, should all our dreams come true, I think that it's possible. So, you know, get out there, believe it, and, and live it, right? 2017 is, is the start of a new um, cycle in numerology. So go out there and, and grab yeah. it, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, so full of all of these little tidbits of information. Yet I know nothing, you know? <laughs> Thank you again, Barb, and again, Happy New Year. I hope everybody, you guys, will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is possible and I think mostly uh, easier than we often think. Uh, thanks again, Barb, and thank you all for joining me. You're listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much, everyone. Go out and have an inspired week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't trace